Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. We welcome in our new sponsor once again, Any Lab Test. Now I'll tell you more about them in just a few minutes. And joining me is usually the calm in the storm for me, Stephen Kerr. And I, I need some calm today, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all do, Robert. I think we all need to just take a deep breath and, you know, let it out. As, as my, the late Milo Hamilton used to say, just let it out. Yeah. What a, what a crazy time we live in. You know, I, I think I was just telling you before we went on the air to start recording of, of all the pandemics we've had in this country that, that I can remember even some of the more recent ones. I mean, this is this is unprecedented. I, I just cannot remember a time. You know, we've had seasons suspended because of labor disputes. And, you know, September 11th, we, we had some suspensions with uh, MLB and I believe the NFL even uh, skipped a week, if I recall. You know, things like that. But But this, to me, is unprecedented with the NBA suspending its season with the coronavirus. It, it's definitely, I, I think, you know, set a, a much higher precedent than what we expected. You said take a deep breath when you started. Just be careful, I guess, where you're taking your deep breath and how far away you are from people. Who well, are take, take well there is that. Hey, there is that. That's true. And, and we're certainly not trying to make light of a situation. But, you know, really, it, it's I don't know about you, Robert, but it, it's hard to draw that line between fear or panic and just taking precautions. And, you know, the, an initial reaction, I know, for some people, when you think about what the NBA just did, suspending the season indefinitely because a player has has now apparently been tested positive for coronavirus, the NCAA, you know, deciding to hold the NCAA tournament without fans, except for very limited access with family and staff and so forth, Initially, it's easy to say that that everyone's overreacting, you know, but at the same time, you know, all it takes is is one person or in the case of the NBA, one player to get this. And then who knows what will happen from there? If you don't have your health, nothing else matters. So I can't I can't say something like, uh, well, we can blame this all on Altuve because he was uh, he was smuggling the virus in through uh, his jersey or something like that. And you can't blame Daryl Morey either, can you? You, you know, I, th I thought that's what you were going to say was Daryl Morey. It's all Daryl Morey's fault. Yeah, a couple of things, um, just real quick. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I see all this people with baby wipes and disinfect, all this stuff. Uh, you know, and I had jury duty yesterday and mm -hmm. I went uh, as, as a good citizen, but it was weird. And it just, uh, the, the misinformation, even amongst the Harris County courtroom is, you know, they were given, what is it called? The the stuff that you put on your hands and they're, the they're, sanitizer. Hand yeah. Sanitizer. Yeah. yeah. The stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, this, this thing goes through the air as much as anything. So it's the, the sanitizer is not going to work. We got 36 potential jurors jammed up next to each other in a small courtroom. And like, th there is a lot of stuff where the misinformation and people are running out getting, wipes and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of smiling because it's just like we, we kind of don't pay attention to the facts a lot of times with what's going on with stuff and, and, and get things confused. And we we see it as the, the cold instead of, no, this is this is different, potentially different than a cold and all that. And, and none of this should be a surprise, Stephen, because it's a small world now. And we, we, we've been watching what's been going on in China and Italy. And it's, it's, it's no joke there. And, and the fact that 
you know, and it's Korea too, for that matter, South Korea. So it, it shouldn't have been a surprise to us that we ended up in, in this situation. No, it shouldn't have been. But I think, as I said, it's it's so unprecedented for us. I mean, think about it, Robert. We're, you and I are in, and so many other people, we're used to turning on the TV and watching an NBA game night after night after night. Same with the NFL, MLB, NHL, college sports. You think about it. You know, the NBA has already suspended their season. The NHL could follow suit. There hasn't been any word about that. But it's certainly possible. A lot of college programs have suspended their spring seasons. And, I mean, there's even talk that that may happen, that a lot of the spring sports may suspend. So if you think about it, what is there going to be to do? There's not going to be any sporting events to watch if, if something like that happened. I mean, we're just this is something that we're not used to. And, you know, getting back to the fear factor that you're talking about, I, I I know it sounds awkward for me to say because you and I are members of the media, but a lot of that I, I think is uh, – the media does have a lot to do with it. And I'm not just talking about the mainstream media. You know, we do have social media, and people are allowed to say what they feel or say what they want to say. And so a lot of it, uh, you know, comes from us just spreading misinformation or – just the whole idea of panic, and you can take all the precautions you want, have all the hand sanitizer you want, but uh, you know maybe what they really should have done is hand out masks because people are going to breathe on each other. So I, I don't hear any talk of you know you walk into a, a a public area or a courthouse or something like that and they hand you a mask to put on so that. You don't breathe on someone else. I mean, maybe that's something that you can say. Well, I mean, the, the healthcare industry said that's that's not good either because they're saying, you know, we need those for that. that they were not happy when when people were scooping up all the masks. And, I, you know, from what I understand, they they do not like that uh, as far as everything that I've read. But I mean, it's I, I want to get I'm going to actually have before this is over with. Uh, in the next few minutes here, I'm, I'm going to have maybe some positives that we can take from this from just a, a Rockets and an Astros standpoint, potentially even, I would say even more so an NBA standpoint. But the 24-hour the, the period, and you mentioned a couple of things, but just within about 24 hours, we had the NBA suspending its season, the NCAA tournament, uh, which is still on for now, but close to fans now, the right. ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12 all announced the remaining games in Greensboro, Indianapolis, Kansas City, and Anaheim will be closed to the public. The state of Ohio bans fans indoors. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine is is set to issue an executive order that bans spectators from attending indoor sporting events. The city of San Francisco initiated a ban on events of more than 1,000 people. The Ivy League cancels spring sports. Uh, we had... You know, the soccer in Spain was, I mean, it, 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 so many things happened within it. It was the, probably the nuttiest 24 hour period in, in maybe in U.S. history, but definitely in U.S. sports history and, and, and frankly, maybe sports around the world. Um, but I, I, what I will try to do, Steve, I, I, I'm going to try to find some silver linings in this. I, I think I can. Well, I, I think there is always a silver lining, and, and we haven't even mentioned that the, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo was canceled in that period as well. I mean, that that is down also. And I live in Austin, Robert, as you know, many of you may not know that, but every year there is this huge event called South by Southwest where people from all over the world attend. And we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars that the city of Austin makes in the economy for that event. Last week, the city canceled that event. So I mean, it, it is having major repercussions, just just a ripple effect 
really all over the world and, and certainly in this country. But I guess the, the, the silver lining, if you're looking at it, is it, they're, they're taking steps now to do something about it, whether you think they're overreacting or not, rather than just waiting or, you know, brushing it off as, oh, it's just another pandemic, you know, and waiting until a whole bunch of people get sick and then it's too late. So, I mean, that that's one thing that I would take from it is at, at least even in the face of losing, you know, millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, because, you know, usually the bottom line is what, what most everybody thinks about, whether you're an event organizer, a business, what have you, at least in this case, they are, they're taking steps, even at the, the risk of, of losing millions of dollars, rather than waiting for something really bad to happen. And by then it's too late. Now, I'll get into the silver linings right immediately because I, I want to get to that because I, I just feel like this is just it's all been you're so stressed and everybody is worried about everything. But just from an NBA perspective, if the season gets it's suspended, if it if it comes back you know, within a month or, you know, however long, hopefully it, you, within a month or two months, you can bring it back. What then happens, Stephen, is Eric Gordon for the Rockets gets more rest. Uh, perhaps he is healthier by that point. Uh, I don't know if that's possible, but that's a positive. Uh, maybe James Harden, whatever's going on with him changes over that time period. But the Rockets need some things to to turn around, despite the the win against the the Timberwolves the other night. It just, there's there's issues with that team that maybe some time off, maybe some health can help out a little bit. You know, some of the other NBA players that that are out uh, because of health uh, reasons, other than this, uh, maybe they come back and, and and you're looking at a healthier potential playoffs with some some more stars in it than than we saw in the past, but. I'm going to throw something else at you, Stephen, that I don't think a lot of people uh, have paid attention to with everything else going on in the last couple of weeks is there's talk about the NBA potentially moving back their season as as an idea, as as far as uh, maybe starting the NBA season in December. Well, if, if this NBA season gets delayed and instead of ending at the end of June, it ends at the end of July or August. The, the NBA might look at that as, hey, that's something that we can do. And, and I think that would be beneficial not only for the NBA, but just sports in general, because it moves the NBA out of competing against the NFL. I think the NBA would then become a healthier league because of that. And it gives you a lot more exciting stuff over the summer because the playoffs would, instead of taking place in May and June, it's taken place in potentially, you know, uh, into August. And, and, and so now, you know, you have a lot more of options of things to, to watch that with some real value to it in the middle of the summer that we haven't had before. Well, that's certainly true. There, there's a lot of uh, positives to look at it that way. And I think that it's, it's ironic and I, I call it twisted irony that if that's something they're considering doing, that something like this would happen that, that could possibly force that. They certainly weren't thinking about it when when they were started to talk about it. But, you know, I, for one, would like it, Robert, because when, when the NBA season usually starts, it's late October, and that's when the Major League Baseball playoffs go. Well, I'm baseball is my favorite sport. That That is the sport I follow closely, closer really than any other. So, honestly, I don't pay as much attention to the opening of the NBA season as I might if let's say the Astros weren't in the postseason, you know, then I might. Um, I'm a big hockey fan, and hockey season starts in October. I know that, you know, maybe a lot of people listening to this podcast aren't, but there are those who are. 
So I, I could see the benefit of moving the NBA to December because, yeah, really the only thing you would have is the NFL playoffs would be, would be about to begin. That'd be about it. Yeah, college would be starting, but you're not into March Madness. In fact, a lot of colleges don't even start conference play until January. And then when you're talking about, say, July or August, really the only thing you have going on is Major League Baseball. So I could see a lot of benefits of the NBA doing that. And, uh, and there's some positives for what's going on with the Astros as well. And I want to get to that in just a bit. But before I do, I got to talk about any lab test now, our sponsor. And if you're wondering how they can help you, well, here's how. Any lab test now provides direct access lab testing that makes it easier for individuals to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Now, what does a direct access mean? Very simply, it means you can just walk into any of their 15 Houston area locations, locations, select which lab test you want completed, and you're in and out in as little as 15 minutes. They can either provide the doctor's order or accept your physician's order. So if you're uninsured or have high deductible insurance or, or even trying to manage your healthcare budget, take advantage of the many lab testing options any lab test now has to offer. HSA and FSA cards are accepted. Most results are ready in one to three business days and can be sent directly to your email, giving you the information you need to take control of your health. Check out their website, anylabtestnow.com. That's www.anylabtestnow.com. And I can tell you, as someone that's used them, it's quick, it's convenient. From personal experience, I've had tons of experience getting lab work done and not one place was easier than any lab test now, not one. So go check them out. Now, Stephen, here, here's my Astros uh, take that it, it, this is a good thing. If the Astros season gets pushed back, maybe a month or two, if, if we, if the Astros have a shortened season, what could happen? Well, the Astros have a bunch of pitchers that aren't used to going 200 innings. We, we've talked about this with Verlander's injury. There you go. I mean, that, that helps the Astros because now they might not need as many starting pitchers and as many innings as they would have needed. And so it, it, it could make it a little bit easier on their pitching staff. Well, that's right. Uh, Justin Verlander, you know, if it got pushed back far enough, maybe Justin Verlander could pitch on opening day after all. And then there's the question of Jordan Alvarez and just, you know, what's going on with his sore knees. Uh, you know, at, at, at the time we're recording this, it, it's still unclear. You know, he's still been out. You know, he was uh, scratched, I think, the other day that he when he was supposed to play. So, you know, there's another consideration that maybe not only Justin Verlander could uh, get some rest and possibly go on the first day of a season that's been pushed back. But Jordan Alvarez, maybe they can get his knees healthy between now and then. And Ken Rosenthal wrote a little bit about the potential of a shortened season. He said one extreme step would be for them to cancel the All-Star game at Dodger Stadium and use that to make up games. So that's a week right there. The idea of extending the season beyond its scheduled conclusion and playing postseason games at neutral sites with domed or retractable roof parks has already been discussed, according to a source. So... Uh, th this is this is already you know, the wheels are turning, obviously, with baseball. And, you know, as, as you and I are talking, Stephen, it hasn't happened yet. The, the, the Major League Baseball uh, or Major League Baseball, they haven't suspended the season, but you feel like it's, it's almost becoming inevitable. I mean, it's just it's one there. You're basically one positive away from saying, you know, this this is a suspended season. And the difference, Robert, honestly, is, you know, really what what happens if a player comes down with this virus because that, that's really what tipped the scales in the NBA's direction there to 
suspend the season. And, and you know, it, it also got me to thinking, all right, right now, as we're recording this, the NCAA is, is still going ahead with the NCAA tournament without fans. But what would happen, let, let's say a player on one of the teams tests positive, you know, then what do you do? So, you know, Major League Baseball, I, I mean, they're one positive test away possibly from doing the same thing that the NBA did. But I, I know, I mean, there have been a few questions. Like I think the Mariners are, are looking at playing their home games elsewhere. The A's are considering it. So it, it's just there, there are a lot of things to consider uh, when something like this happens. But at least so far, the, the big reason that the NBA suspended their season was because one of their players apparently was tested positive for this. Yeah, Rudy Gobert, not just any player. We're talking about right, an all-star. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess watching an NCAA tournament game with, without a crowd, is that something that is going to be strange for you to not have the crowd there? Well, it'd certainly be strange for me, but can you imagine how the players would feel just you know coming into basically an empty arena? You know, it's interesting that this comes up, Robert, because I, I, I have a writing and publishing business. That's what I do for a living. And a couple of years ago, I, I mainly cover youth sports. That's that's kind of what I do. I used to cover mainstream sports. But a couple of years ago, I did an article about that that some youth organizations were considering banning parents and fans from the sidelines of youth sports events like Little League games and things of that nature, not because of a health scare, but because of the the abusive behavior of parents toward coaches, officials, you know, screaming at their kids that, you know, thinking about, you know, what would it be like if there were, as I've titled the article, silence on the sidelines? I mean, it's kind of eerie now that I look back on it, I think, you know, little did we know then that this possibility would exist, but not for the reasons <laughs> that I was writing about. It would be a strange thing. I mean, if you think about it, if you're a player, you know, walking into an arena that seats, I don't know, 15, 20,000 people, or let's say a baseball stadium, or a football stadium that seats 40, 50, 60,000 people and having nobody in it except, you know, maybe limited amount of family, staff. And, and they're even talking about limiting the media access. Uh, in fact, the Astros and Major League Baseball, actually, they've already done that as far as limiting the media's access uh, covering spring training. So, yeah, it's pretty eerie to think about. And, you know, you watch on television, you hear the roar of the crowd, and, and instead you'd hear – Virtual silence. Yeah, it's it's strange to think about. The thing that would really suck, I mean, if you're a Houston Cougar fan, which you and I are both Houston Cougar fans, is, I mean, this is an opportunity for them to do something in the tournament. It, it feels like a wide-open NCAA tournament. Uh, the, the plan for us, uh, I have a couple of guests lined up for a preview of the NCAA tournament in a couple of days. Uh, I'm hoping that nothing happens between now and then. But, I mean, there's, you feel like in college basketball, that's one area where it can't get pushed back uh, too far because then we're talking about, you know, it's, it's into the, into May, the, the, the draft, uh, the draft workouts, uh, all, all of the other, there's a lot of implications with that. If uh, the NCAA tournament gets pushed back. Well, perhaps, but as I mentioned earlier, there are some colleges that, that have canceled um, some of their spring sports or they're at least thinking about it. You know, think about what, what would that do to the seniors, you know, who, are looking either to hopefully get in a draft, you know, let's say the the Major League Baseball draft or, you know, something of that nature. You know, what do you do about those seniors? Do you give them another year of eligibility to make up for it? I mean, there's a lot of questions, a lot of fallout that could result if something like the NCAA tournament gets pushed back.
Now, with the NFL, the implications right now are, are, are far away because there's not a lot of major things coming up that require fans and that kind of thing. We've got the draft. We have uh, – that's going to be still two or three, you know, whatever that is now, like two and a half months away or something like that. Uh, you got free agency coming up. I don't know if it this in any way affects free agency. But, uh, Stephen, the, the Texans have made a few moves over the last couple of days, and there are things that I like and things that I don't like. With the moves, I like that they signed tight end Darren Fells to a new two-year, $7 million contract, which in, includes a $4 million first-year payout. You needed Darren Fells to re-sign because he was such a key part of the, the offense, and it, and it was really nice to have a tight end that could both block and catch this year. Yeah, I was glad to see it, and it was a bargain for the Texans. I mean, think about it. that That is a definite bargain for them. You know, Darren Fells, uh, up until this point, Kind of like Carlos Hyde, you know, been kind of a journeyman, kind of floated around bit, bit to bit there, so team to team. So the fact that he seems to have found a home with the Texans, and I mean, he had seven touchdown passes. So gosh, if he did that again this coming year, or even came close to it, it'd be even more of a bargain for the Texans. So yeah, I definitely like that move. Now to what I don't like, and I don't like that they continue to put bigger money into very mediocre players. They signed kicker Kaimi Fairbairn to a four-year deal worth $17.65 million with $9 million guaranteed. He's now the third highest paid kicker in the NFL. And Steven, you know, I have to go back to the Merciless and Nick Martin deals where you almost feel like they're bidding against themselves. This is why GM Bill O'Brien could do major damage because that money on the edges for small moves or even adding to the big contracts for the guys who really need it, it, it all matters. It all is part of the equation when you're trying to deal with the salary cap yeah i'm kind of on the fence on this deal i mean for one thing good kickers are really hard well i should say consistently good kickers are so hard to find i i think you know they certainly think they overpaid for fairbairn if you think about it i remember earlier in the season when fairbairn was struggling and i think you even pointed out because i i was basically ready to get rid of him right then and there and i think you even pointed out that a lot of what fairbairn's problem was is that Brian Anger was the new holder and he wasn't putting the laces right and things of that nature. Well, they seem to have straightened that out. And and the fact is, you know, they, they have Anger locked up. They, they locked up Fairbairn. And they also re-signed John Weeks, the long snapper. So I guess if you think about it, they wanted to keep that continuity. But yeah, you know, Fairbairn, I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where he could have another offseason next year where he, he just doesn't live up to the contract. So... And it's kind of a risk as far as the Texans go to, to resign him to that kind of a contract. And to me, a top five kicker is a guy that you can trust to hit 50-yard field goal. I don't think Bill O'Brien trusts this guy to kick it more than 50 yards. Do you? Yeah, he, he doesn't seem to to go on the longer field goals. You're right. So that there is something to consider is the distance factor. All right. Now, this next one is not the Texans' fault. But so here's the deal. They, they were awarded three compensatory picks, one third-rounder, and two seventh-round picks in the draft. What really sucks is somehow Kareem Jackson's two-game DUI suspension at the end of this past season dropped what would have been a third-round pick to a seventh-round pick. You can't blame Bill O'Brien for this one, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, you can try, uh, but no, that's that's definitely something. Yeah, the Texans could certainly have used that pick, especially if you don't have a first-round pick. Think of you'd have multiple picks in the third round, so kind of a bad break for them. Of course, they lost also a third-round pick in the – deal that got Gary and Conley um, and I'm going to get to Gary and Conley in just a second but the Texans have three seventh round picks and we can say oh who cares seventh round that never matters but 
even with all the Texans' poor drafts over the years, they've taken Derek Newton and Andre Howell in the seventh round. So you can hit on key roster guys in the seventh round. Yeah, you absolutely can. I mean, some of those late-round picks, you always think every year there is somebody that is, is going to step to the forefront that you're not expecting. So, uh, yeah, you get an extra one of those picks. You never know how that's going to turn out. According to Aaron Wilson of the Chronicle of the Texans, they're not expected to sign safety Jaleel Adai. Not sure he would be all that expensive, and I thought he was a solid backup last year. It's a little surprising. They also are letting Jonathan Joseph head to free agency. It's the end of the J. Joe era, and I'm going to get back to that in just a bit, but Stephen, that means the only corners we know are coming back next year are Gary and Conley and Lonnie Johnson. Yeah, that is a little disturbing. Uh, as far as J. Joe is concerned, I, I must admit, not really that surprised, uh, just you know because of his age and now being plagued by injuries, but it certainly it definitely weakens the depth that the Texans already didn't have. You know, so then you you really have to hope that they bring uh, Bradley Roby back. Yeah, so a die. I mean, he was more or less the third safety all year. Would you call it that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I was a little surprised about that too. So it, it'd be it'd be great if they could bring him back because yeah, the secondary obviously the the really the weakest part of the Texans defense. So you would hate to not only lose a die, but Joseph and Roby. I mean, think about it, just they would hardly have any depth at those positions. It's a lot to make up in this draft, which they don't have a first-round pick, but they do. I mean, I, I think there's this thought, oh, they don't have any draft picks. No, they've got a second, a third, two-fourths, a fifth, and like we said, three-sevenths. So th- th- there there are guys that you can get to fill those some of those positions, but you're asking a lot to fill a lot of p- stuff in, in the secondary in this draft, and they still need to get a, a pass rusher, and, and I don't know what they're doing in free agency. I mean, I... I'm just kind of wondering where they're going to fill all these needs because there is stuff that now you, you basically have backed yourself up against the wall on some of this stuff without a net. Well, and not only that, but just think about this. You know, Carlos Hyde hasn't re-signed. So what, what if he doesn't re-sign with the Texans? Then you've got to go out and get another running back, either through free agency or you try to develop one in the draft. I mean, so that that that's another thing that, that could kind of nudge things over as far as the number of draft picks you have or what you do in free agency. Well, running backs, they ain't what they used to be. And we know how we got Carlos Hyde last year. It was by accident at the last get for, for nothing. Well, that's right. But but you're not going to hit on that every time. And of course, you know, we know that the Texans tried to develop one through the draft and Deontay Foreman, and that didn't work out so well. But yeah, you, at least running backs are in a position that you can fill, but not always. I mean, you can get somebody that may not necessarily be what Carlos Hyde was, this past year. And like I said, I I wanted to have just a little last word on Jonathan Joseph, because he's the gold standard for Texans cornerbacks at the moment, the best in team history. I can't think of a more important or a better free agent signing that they've ever made. Uh, He was a great leader, hell of a guy to be around in the locker room from a journalist perspective. I can't say enough about him as someone who was always a pleasure to deal with, who answered questions whenever you asked. And Steven, he just appeared to be a very decent an honorable person. I'm hoping he's going to be back in some capacity with the Texans when he goes, because that guy knows a lot about playing cornerback in the NFL. Yeah, he certainly does. You know, the fans and media, we, we get caught up in just their performance on the field. And, and certainly J. Joe fits that bill and, and did fit that bill for the Texans for many, many years. Uh, but 
what he did off the field. I mean, he was he was popular in the locker room, off the field with fans and all the community work he did. You know, a lot of times we don't think about that. Just just a genuinely great guy, great teammate. If you asked a lot of the, the Texans players what it was like to play with him. So, yeah, it would be a shame just not to see J.J. on the field as a Texan. But hopefully if, if he does decide to retire, <clears throat> they'll bring him back in some capacity, maybe as an assistant or you know, maybe, maybe he can get into coaching. I, I bet he'd make a great coach. The other thing, and I, I guess you could say it's good news as far as a Houston perspective with, with the virus kind of going, circling back to that to, to close the show, Stephen, is, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not the way you would want it to happen, but boy, this takes a lot of the, the sting off the Astros because uh, I think fans are going to be too concerned about other things if they do get to attend games in the next couple of months, when they do get to attend games again. It might be something that gets a little bit lost in the conversation. Uh, the media being around players, maybe we're going to see a little bit less of that. We, we've we've already got a lot of restrictions as it is, which that helps the Astros players too. And you know, if the if the if the stadiums are quieter, you can hear trash cans better, Stephen. That's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, you can hear trash cans better, but but you won't. Uh, Jose Altuve and George Springer and Alex Bregman, you, you won't hear all the boo that you hear <laughs> spring train. Yeah, you could. They they wouldn't really have to bang on the trash can. They probably just tap on it, and you could hear it. No, in all seriousness, it's interesting you say that because I just you know for the last several weeks I have said every day I would see a headline of someone trying to find a different angle on the Astros cheating scandal. And I kept thinking, what in the world can we do to to just make this story go away? Well, little did I know that maybe, unfortunately, and again, I'm not trying to make light of this situation, but unfortunately, that it could be the whole situation with the coronavirus is what's going to bury the Astros cheating scandal way into the background. But yeah, it certainly would affect that situation if the Astros do play and there aren't many fans in the stands then, you know, maybe they can relax a little bit and just concentrate on playing ball and not have to hear the boos. Although I, I think really at some point, they now they've learned to expect it. So even if it does happen, I, I think eventually it's just going to get to the point where it just rolls off their back and they don't even hear it. No throwback Thursday in this, in this week, but I, I will say that, you know, as this thing goes on and maybe we have less sports to talk about, you got the library of that where it's just we're just talking sports and throwback Thursday. It's uh, some great history. So uh, if you if you need a respite, you can go to the throwback Thursdays and we're going to continue those next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have sports to talk about in the next few weeks. Stephen, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm a little worried because this is my this is my respite from the real world. Yeah, mine, too. And that that's, it goes back to what I said a little while ago is, you know, what if we didn't have any NBA games to watch or MLB or, you know, the NCAA tournament? I mean, just think about it, the, the ripple effect that I mean, we, we can always find something else to do, perhaps, but it's a major part of our lives. And it's unfortunate that it takes something like this to kind of make a stop and, and just take stock of what what is really important, which is our health. And again, maybe there's a lot of overreaction. There's certainly a lot of fear and and even some panic that's kind of running because of this, but it does force us to take stock of, you know, what, what really, what is our priority or what are our priorities in life? And I, I just hope like you, that 
we can get through this and then just get back to talking sports because that's what I enjoy doing more, way more than talking about something like this. And just a final word to everybody out there. Please don't punch anybody over toilet paper or something like that. It's, yeah, it's, seriously. Toilet yeah. paper is going to be there. Uh, it's it's not going anywhere. Uh, so, I, you know, it's I don't I just don't I don't understand the obsession with toilet paper over the last couple of weeks. That's that's been a mystery to me. But uh, just uh want to close out the show and remind everybody that we're brought to you by any lab test now. They're the quick and easy way to get direct access lab testing when you're trying to manage your healthcare budget. You've got 15 Houston area locations to choose from. Check out their website at www.anylabtestnow.com. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey.